so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello and welcome to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan. I hope everyone is well tonight, um, especially given um, the the news in France today. Um, so yeah, just hope all our listeners in France are, are doing okay and are safe. Um, we've got a full house, so I'm I'm joined by three others. So I've got Ben with me. You all right, Ben? I'm good. I'm I'm currently in France. I'll be I'll be escaping back to London just before the the new lockdown comes into force on on Friday. But uh, yeah, all good. Okay, good. Um, and I've also got Mo. How are you, Mo? Hi. Um, yeah, no, very very well. Um, I'm looking forward to a potentially another lockdown here as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, finally, Jeremy, who sounds like he's in the best place in the world at the moment. How are you, Jeremy? <laughs> good morning, Stefan. I'm good, thanks. Yeah, exactly. We long, long are the days of uh, long gone are the days of coronavirus here. Six months without anything, so we're good and free uh, down in Australia. You guys should come and join us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do appreciate you dialing in so early as well. That's really cool. Pleasure. <laughs> cool. So um, tonight, what we'll do is we'll focus on last night's disastrous Champions League thumping by Man City. Um, but as that was so miserable, um, I think we'll try and cover the other recent fixture that we've had to sort of keep spirits up slightly. So we were hoping to do a preview of uh, next weekend's game with Lance as well um, at the end, but. Um, well, that's been cancelled, so um, we'll, we're not going to bother with that. So maybe we'll do a little short preview of the Portal game um, at the end. But before all that, so yeah, I want to just talk about last weekend's match at Lorient. Um, so it was on Saturday, wasn't it? We played Lorient. Lor- sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied. So it was on Saturday, yeah, sorry, we, like we played uh, Lorient. And um, away from home... Came away with a 1-0 victory. Quite a hard-fought 1-0 victory. So, yeah, guys, just wanting to know, firstly, what did you make of the the game? Uh, I think it was a... I think it was definitely not our best game. I think it was the usual OM thing that we've seen since the beginning of the season where um, they're, they're not doing a lot more. I feel like they started the game a little bit better, kind of like against Bordeaux. Like, they, were, they showed a little bit of... Um, initiative, I guess, uh, early in the game. And I mean, at halftime, you get out uh, with 75% ball position. So uh, obviously there was something there, but offensively it was still uh, quite an inspired, you know, again, Benedetto. And I feel like Cuisance was a little bit less um, good as he was uh, against Bordeaux. If anything, I feel like one of the best players on the on the field, despite the ball position, was this, um, this young former Marseille midfielder who played for Lorient, Abergel, who, uh, who defensively was pretty good, I felt, for for Lorient. But yeah, I think we're definitely lucky to 
to score the goal because we scored the goal because basically the goalkeeper leave it to us. Um, and you know there were some excuses about playing against the wind and all that. But I think uh, I think offensively it was again pretty poor. I, I agree. Um, I, I think you know the general point. Uh, we, we we were screaming out for, for the last few weeks. AVB changed it up. AVB changed the man. You know the the, the starting eleven changed the tactics, and he actually did that at Lyon because we we went back to um, what was it? Was it five three two? We played didn't we? Oh, the diamond four four two diamond. But we don't yeah, have Payet, so he, he had to change. Yeah, so we didn't have Payet. So, but he he's mixing it up. You know, regardless of what what crap we're seeing the players perform. At least ABB, I think, is trying, and, and it would be extremely frustrating if he'd stuck to his 4 3 3 and we're still playing shit. The fact we are still playing shit is, is now the players' you know, prerogative to, to get used to new tactics, but at least we're trying to mix things up. Um, I was quite thinking, well, probably you guys were curious as well. I'm not quite sure why Chaletta Saar didn't start the game, um, but he, you know, he was on the bench, which means that Baleardi started. Um, and the first 20 minutes, we, we were okay. I thought we, you know, we were trying to put moves together. We were getting close to their area. We were getting balls into the box, even though we, we weren't doing much with them. And then we just drifted out the game. I think it's when, as, as you say, Jeremy, when um, when Abergel started following Cousins and man-marking him, that that completely nullifies any any attacking potential that we had, and we we just resorted, we just became very ineffective again. Um, yeah, very very fortunate to come away with the win. It could easily have been a draw, especially with you know the weather conditions and the fact that maybe some of the players' minds would already be looking ahead to the Man City game. Not quite sure why that would be the case, but anyway, we we came away with the win. Belardi got a goal. He put in pretty decent performance. I think I'm I'm a bit more a bit reassured in terms of his actual potential and his actual um, you know contribution he can make throughout this season because. Even though it was a promoted team, Lorient, who, who've, who've lost five of their, their opening seven games, I thought he was he was quite concentrated and played quite well next to Alvaro. Um, Kamara was average. I think he's dipped a bit, like all of the midfield players. And Amavi had, had a great game as well. He's, he's been one of our top performers the last few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Amavi was excellent, wasn't he, against Lorient? Um Okay, Mo, what about you? Have you got any thoughts about the game against Lorient that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, for me, I found it a bit disappointing. I know, um, uh, you know, at the end, I think Luca put it put it correctly on Saturday when you corrected me saying that it was a it was a, a very defensive team that we had to face, very physical as well, wet conditions, really awful grim game. So to come away with three points, no issues. Um, and still keeping like the majority of the ball um, is is a positive. You know, like you can't win, you can't accept to win every game by three or four. But you know, on the eve of Man City, and I will go we'll speak about that in a bit. Um, I just found the offensive transitions like very very poor. Um, sort of the movement of the ball, the you know Benedetto still, you know, dropping in deep, not not having the rub of the green. He, um. You know, he, he it's, it's sort of a position where you can really sort of flex yourself um, against, considering that they've been relatively poor at home. And you know, obviously they draw against Lyon, but but it's it's the sort of um, place, particularly he's you know having Tolvan alongside him, um, but he he missed it completely again. Substituted, um, obviously right at the end. I wish that he had been subbed earlier so that we could 
see a bit more of Luis Enrique and um, and Mariaki, who obviously did come on with a minute to go. Um, but Bellardi in particular was was really good. I mean, our goal did come from a sort of a freakish area, so you know, had it not been for that error, which I don't really blame Paul Nardi uh, for that much. I think it was just a misjudgment and a really really sort of bizarre angle. Um, but you know, other than that, I thought Lorient played a very correct game. I thought their midfield was very combative. Uh, Boagard in particular um, was pretty good. Um, and I can't remember his name now. There was this um, midfielder who who just getting into the um, uh, yeah Wissa Wissa for 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 Lorient. He was just getting like into all the challenges and getting into dangerous positions quite a lot. Um, our, our, you know, our midfield were were okay. Sort of nothing special. Like not really retain, retaining the ball, but also not really um, exploiting the space. And part of that, obviously, is because Lorient were pretty resolute. Um, yeah, I mean, pre-Man City, I, you know, I, I would have I would have liked a more, you know, well-rounded performance rather than, uh, a, you know, a relying on the bizarre moment for three games because, for three points rather, because obviously had we not won that, we could have, imposing a lot more issues um but yeah at the end we got the three points um we weren't overrun by lauren either so it's not to say that our our our, our strategy didn't work it's just that we were very slow and very stale um so you know not not completely negative but yeah and no, i can agree with you with what the guy said um in the end you know it's, it's the result that counts yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Um, I kind of left the game, well, after the game, sort of feeling the same way that I actually thought the performance was was okay, maybe a little bit underwhelming, um, particularly in midfield um, in the second half. You know, for um, chunks of the the game, we were, in the second half, sorry, we were not controlling the midfield area. And when you look at the midfield that we have and the the quality that supposedly exists within that midfield, and again, no disrespect to to Lorient because um, they've got some some interesting little players, but we should be able to to take a game like that by the scruff of its neck. Even if it is an away game, it's a place that we've um, repeatedly struggled to try, you know, to to travel to and play well at, in, in over the years. But yeah, I just think it maybe at times was a little bit negative. Um, Maybe coming out of the Champions League defeat for, to Olympiacos, maybe we're, confidence isn't sky high. But but yeah, three, it was three points. And, and you know, after the game, um, I rem- if I remember correctly, AVB commented on, I think, uh, the fact that, you know, because there's been a lot of criticism about his tactics and uh, performances throughout, throughout the season so far. But he made the point that I think the number of points that we that we have already are kind of um, around the same mark as the previous seasons, and we've already played Lyon, we've played uh, Saint Etienne, we've played Lille, yeah. and we've played Paris Saint Germain. So when you think about it like that, actually three points, you know, it's actually it sounds okay, doesn't it? It looks okay on paper, particularly particularly because this time last year. We would have just faced PSG and then had Lille and Lyon in a row, um, which came in early November. Um, so to already have more points than that, having already played these guys already, is is, is a positive when you put it like that. But um, yeah, I guess you can't really rest on your laurels, can you? 
Yeah, no. the way you got the points as well, you got one point uh, like Mess and Lille, you you're ever so lucky to be able to get very, very last minute exactly. goal. So obviously at the end of the season we'll be happy to see that we got those points. Uh but it's hard to right now say good on you for getting it. If at the end of the season we end up being second or third, then great. You've shown great uh you know mental strength at the beginning and, and good on you. But it just it just looks like we're not about to get better. So that's why it's scary right now. Exactly. It, it could be a lot worse, but it could be a hell of a lot better too. Moving on from the the, the locking on game, um, so we saw last night a uh, Champions League um, fixture with Man City. I'm highly anticipated one because you know it's the a first game against top class opposition, and this is kind of what we're why we all want to see us in the Champions League, isn't it? Just to see these kind of games. Um, it was. Um, I'm going to get to the performance after, but first, just um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was just um, pre-match, I guess, or just before kickoff. So um, we've seen it kind of floating around Twitter. Got a lot of negative press. Was about the bend, the the fact that Marseille didn't bend the knee while the Man City players were bending the knee. And um, yeah, I just saw lots of there was lots of negativity, kind of more negative backlash from that from. Yeah, a lot of people, and yeah, just kind of. I, I mean, I, I'm not kind of thinking, know what the the reason is, and all that. And we talked about it off in the the group chat, but yeah, just interested to mm. to hear your sort of thoughts on that. It made me a bit sick, actually. Um, first of all, only because the reaction was quite. I mean, it wasn't so much visceral. I was a bit perplexed when um, OM put out a tweet um, straight after like the kickoff which was definitely pre-planned um saying that you know we support city blah 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 etc um and it, it didn't really make an issue it didn't really cause a fuss apart from some of the amusement during the game but then after the game it just was caught on by let's say the um sort of the the darker creatures of social media shall we say so <laughs> you've got your sort of faux outrage um, like kids, essentially, you know, the ones with the football players in their in their in their profile pictures, etc. They just love any sort of polemic, any sort of controversy. So, oh, you know, this club continuing clearly, clearly racist. You know, they employ Alvaro Gonzalez. They're this, they're that, whatever. And then you've got the other, you know, the other side. Your um, right wingers, England flag in the in in in, in the name, um, etc. You know, COVID deniers and all this sort of like maybe Trump fans who are all like, wow, oh, fantastic patriotic club. They're not, <laughs> they're not, um, you know, they're about anybody, etc. It's, it's, it's completely far from the truth, but it's caused that much of a polemic that it's, you know, the Daily Mail has jumped onto it, etc. And it's, it's quite embarrassing. It actually just sort of shows how bad that things, how quickly things can swirl um, on social media. So I, I didn't like sort of our name being dragged, dragged into the mud um, for that purpose. But in the end, it's just, you know, it happened. It didn't happen. You know, QPR in England, they, they, you know, have a lot of uh, sort of black players in in in, in their starting next and they made it clear. They said that we're not going to take the knee um, because in the end, yeah, we've done that. You know, and that's that. Um, so even if we did have an opinion on it, it's 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 done. It moved on. It happened. You know, some clubs do it now in England. Some 
some don't, but what people don't really recognise is that it's not really a French thing to do. It's not never been done in Liga. They don't maybe have the same attachment to this sort of like you know sort of what we had in America with the George Floyd uh, protests, etc. As maybe we do in England. Of course, there was some controversy in England where people were perhaps wrongly saying, but they were saying at the time, you know, this is definitely an American phenomenon. What you're doing here, that's not obviously correct, but you know, it's that that sort of fight hasn't caught on. In, in continental Europe, so it is what it is. You I know? think um, I think it goes beyond that, man. I mean, I, I was I was actually confused because I don't remember as either as Olympiakos taking the knee. Um, no. I think no. I think I, so. What I'm confused about, what I was confused about, was is it, as UEFA updated the thing where every team is now going to take the knee like they did in the Premier League. But my main confusion was. There was a minute silence for the, you know, the poor teacher who got murdered in France by by another extremist. We're not going into detail on that, but that's why the players were wearing black armbands, and that's why the Marseille players. That's what we do in France: is we gather around the centre circle, you know, minute silence, reflection on on the event, Which and then the crack weekend. on with the game. Yeah, but but they did it in the Champions League. It was a, you know, it was a special measure um, that was announced by the speaker of the stadium. Um, that they were going to do that for for the the, the games held in France this week. So that, I think mm-hmm. our players were, were just assuming that's that's what City were doing. Yeah, that was their, that was City's way of showing their respect to that minute silence. And maybe City players were and, and staff were thinking, oh shit, we've taken the knee because we're so used to doing it in the in the Premier League. But actually, this this is not the same. If, you know, we're not commemorating the same thing here. We're not on the same page. Yeah. And that's that's all it is. For me, it's which is which is, it is which is what happened in 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 France, where you know you had you know um, obviously this is not very Lorient focused, but you have obviously the wider national mourning over the teach, but you also had Bruno Martini's um, yes. tragic death last weekend. So obviously, for some clubs like Montpellier, for example, they would be obviously focusing maybe more on sort of you know one side, but obviously still. Um, paying tribute to 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 the wider thing, which is which is what happened yesterday as well. Although, you know, it just wasn't clear. Even the referee wasn't clear as well because when the game kicked off, it sort of well, it didn't actually kick off, but you just sort of saw Marseille just sort of huddling together, and then Man City like, what's going on? And the referee had to explain, you know, and you could hear it very clearly on the on the TV <laughs> where he was like, I'm gonna, gonna you know, I'm gonna do the whistle. We'll do that and I'm going to whistle again and it's going to be the start of the game so just you know watch out for that um and it's just it wasn't clear I mean I for for for, for kneeling I understand that you know if, if a club wants to do it because of uh of the current times if you want to do it you make it clear to the referee in the match delegate and it's with agreement with the other club so again I don't know whether something was lost in translation or or lot you know etc but clearly they were on two different pages there and you know, it's it, it, a different polemic would be that um, you know, say Marseille were like, no, we don't really care, or they turn their back onto it. So then you can have that conversation. Of course, that would never happen because you know that's not the club that we are. Um, it's it's just a bit pointless um, having that controversy, and it is what it is simple. I mean, no one really knew what was going on. Yeah, I mean. I think just watching it, it was a it was quite a strange scene. Um, it just looked it looked like the two sets of players looked a bit confused, you know. And I think um, you can see where we know you you've kind of you've said it all really. Like we know the the 
the context of it, right? For from from Marseille, and that, um, as you said, that this isn't necessarily such a thing in France, um, and we may, you know, we may pay their respects in different ways. Um, now, hey, France, we, we, France we has its had own king black... or queen for for three hundred years, guys. We kneel to no one. Yeah, that exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I know, I know, and I mean, France, France has its own Black Lives Matter movement, doesn't it? But um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it involves all the same things as everything else. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know too much about that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And like, I watched it the when I was watching the game, and I kind of thought, oh, what's going on here? And I was like, and as soon as I sort of thought, oh, fuck, everyone's going to be all over that. But and I didn't know that much about it. But I thought the same as what you said. I thought, I don't think this is a thing in France, is it? Surely not. And I can't imagine the French kneeling. I mean, and knowing France's correct, history, correct I mean, me if I'm so, wrong. Did they do it during the final eight in, in Lisbon, where it was a lot closer to, say, the peak of this movement and, and you know, where it was more in everyone's consciousness? Because... Unless it was in the English games, I remember the English games in Europa League and the Champions League doing it, but I can't remember if it was like. Um, no, they were not kneeling during the final eight. Yeah, no, because like, because because what what UEFA have taken is a very neutral stance, saying teams do what they want. We're not going to give anyone um, anyone social movement or protest movement. Um, you know, it's moment of of uh, dedicated tribute whatever every team is free to do what they want as long as they don't cause any trouble etc but UEFA haven't put out a directive I actually thought UEFA penalises um, fans and clubs not for doing anything that's political in its games I've seen Celtic have, have been received penalties before because of things that um, banners and stuff that fans have had that was that were deemed political but anyway I'm not saying that, that obviously that that's what should be happening in this um, context but I just wonder you know now that you mention it whether or not this is has any consequences but clearly not but um, from you perspective well, but it's but, such a shame we've, we've spent yeah. so long covering this topic I don't think we've got time to cover the 3-0 defeat guys can we um... <laughs> no no I, don't, I, we'll, we'll, I mean sorry we'll, I mean we'll move we'll move on in a sec but I, I think no, the, I'm joking, the point I'm, I was going to make was that covering it. <laughs> you know that is, is like when you saw it like I mean I just knew right away I was like this is going to be pr- problematic um, and you know, I thought as what you just said sort of confirmed what I what I was thinking and, and thinking about France specifically. Um, now the I mean, and like yeah, the, and obviously bending um, taking the knee. Sorry, is not is nothing to do with kneeling to um, a monarch. But you can see like visually how that looks a bit confusing, especially for somewhere like France that's got the history that it has. Um, so, but yeah, like looking at. The just the thinking about it visually as well, like there's it was quite powerful because, and I've seen some places like touching upon this. Like, so if you don't know anything about the context and you turn the TV on and you see that, and you've got this team who's like of all dressed in black, they're on their knees, and then there's this team standing in a line staring at them, all dressed in white. You know, you can see how everyone's all over that, right? Especially Marseille, who've just had this contra- racism controversy with the you know, player being accused of racism and the club defending the player as well, before even there'd been any investigation or anything. You can see how this... For people who don't know the club well, or don't like the club, then this, it doesn't look great, I suppose, even though, you know, that there's, there's more than meets the eye, I guess, in, in this situation. You have to understand the context. But, yeah, so I, I, I'm not surprised that, that, that it had the reaction that it had. Anyway, so 
we're here to talk about the game. Um, as much as the game is even more of a sad story than 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 that. So three nothing, right? So it was was a pretty comprehensive defeat that we experienced, and I guess. There's a number of things about it that are really disappointing, but just to start off, um, I thought maybe just asking you about the the tactics that we went into this game with, you know, so coming out the the, the, the Lorient game where we tried something slightly different and um, we put a different lineup again today and it's a, a system that we've not used before. Um, so I think we put, it was like a sort of 3-5-2, but it was more like a 5-3-2, wasn't it? Um, is it... <laughs> I don't know. Are you, what I guess, are you, are you disappointed by the the tinkering with the system, or do you think that this is just really, uh, I guess, a trivial matter and what was a defeat that was inflicted purely because of one team's you know superior quality over another? Well, I'll, I'll. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I think that what was that the the Christmas tree. Um, Formation, the 532. Uh, AVB justified it by saying that eight of the last 10 teams that played against Man City played with five defenders. And he said that obviously Man City right now in Premier League aren't, um, aren't performing as well as usual. So, you know, if we, if we get a point out of that, then good on NVB. He's done his homework and he's looked into what's a problem, what can cause problem to Manchester City and he's emulated it. Uh, unfortunately, it's not really what we've seen, and and I think it, what what worked in that tactics is very rarely did Man City bring the danger throughout the middle of the park. Uh, almost almost never were they able to actually do that. What didn't work at all is that I feel like if you're going to play with uh, a, a backline of five, having three in the midfield, sure enough, is going to annihilate any chances to go. In, in the middle, but it's also super hard to actually get the ball back out because everyone is so cramped. At least if you play a 5-4-1, the 5-4-1 can very easily progress into um, like some sort of a 5-2-3 and then you got three players who can go in offense. But in 5-3-2, I feel like from the very beginning, unless Radonik and, and Toven are overly inspired for that game, from the very beginning, it would be really, really hard to do to do anything um and then yeah i feel like defensively at the at the start they might have done the job a little bit but you could see every time manchester city and and they were doing it walking mind you but every time they were going into the wings um they were virtually unchallenged because it was always a, a two against one or a three against two with the two uh fullbacks coming and helping the wingers um so it, it was i think maybe maybe the good tactics if you're putting a very, very high intensity into it, but if you're just going to sit down and wait and whenever you you get the ball back, you're not trying to sort of burst into an offensive team, I think it was really hard. I mean, I'm always very optimistic. So offline, I was like, look, if the team is really better than you, wait down for 30 minutes, wait for them to sort of tire out and then start exploding out. But I mean, I'm still waiting for them to actually do that and it's been 24 hours now um so so it's uh i, I don't mind the, the tactic choice from avb because he based it on facts and you know that's why he played balaji on the weekend because he was going to play in then uh, and i don't think they 
in the first half at least. I don't think they, they performed badly defensively. Um, again, it, it's all about if you're going to do this, you need to make sure that your team shows a lot of intensity on the counter-attacks if you're hoping to get any result. Because if you play the way you've played, the first half I don't have a problem because I'm thinking it's still 1-0 only at first half. So it's still everyone's game. You can get a late equalizer or something. But then if you're not able to actually do that, uh, then if the tactic wasn't the problem, the intensity in the game and and whatever the the pre-game chat or the or the halftime chat was uh, was the issue. Yeah, I'm thinking about the performance as a whole. Anyone else get any other additional thoughts on that before I start looking at possessions? I think it did. I guess it's following on from from Jeremy's point, and the, the tactic is the tactic is one thing, but. We have midfield players, and this has been the case not just since the beginning of the season, but since January last year. Our midfield, Angers, Sanson, are identical players now. Um, I've said this before, but for me, they've morphed into into clones of busybodies. You look at beyond the tactic, regardless of the tactic we've used since the beginning of the season in, in every game, we've just had a very flat midfield where neither of them are, are, are pushing forward or are trying to play in a bit more of an advanced position. Um, that was that was Cusanto's role last night, but you can't do it alone against a team like Man City. He's going to choke you and, and press you very high and very intensely and, and get the ball back very quickly. So it was always going to be a problem. Um, and then beyond the being flat and not trying to, to play between the lines, you, there was a huge problem with width because, as Jeremy said, we, we got found out by them combining on, on the wings. And De Bruyne was moving all over the place. He's a fantastic player. I don't expect anybody to, to be better than him or, or to compete with him on, on any game. But we, the midfield three just weren't able to cover and, and give support to, to the fullbacks. And there was no wingers to do that, which in our usual tactic, the wingers try and do that, apart from Payet. So, yeah, it, the shape may have been an issue, but beyond that, the profile of the players that, that were on the pitch and, and the profile of the players we have in the squad just can't play that game. Um, maybe Gay, maybe he could have brought a bit more physicality and, and could have held the ball a bit better and, and carried it forward for us a bit better. But, you know, with ifs, you can you can redo every game. Um, then performance-wise, I, I think it's, it's the usual thing. that you, you just get overwhelmed, outplayed, and your heads drop. Um, Rongier sadly made a costly error for their goal where he passes it in, in, in front of our area and, and they get the ball and score then they had another chance to, to score and they hit the post just before half time and you sort of look at it and go as Jeremy said you look at it and go you know what it's only 1-0 yeah yeah, okay we, we, we did this to absorb pressure during the first half but when it became apparent that we, we were, we'd set out exactly the same in the second half um, with no intensity no, no, um, no tactical tweak or substitution to try and you know change the game up a bit and, and put the foot put our foot on the ball a bit more. It, it just became very frustrating, and, and it, it can't have been easy for the players either. I don't 100% agree with that because I think in the second half we were a lot better than in the first half. In the first half we could barely touched the ball, whereas in the the second half we actually well putting together some passes and showing some intent to try and push forward. The first half, like the thing that really 
frustrated me. And I know it became this again in the second half. But it was, you know, for the first 15, 20 minutes, I'm not even sure we ventured out of our own half more than two times or something. Man City had 95% possession That's after crazy. the first 20 minutes. When we did have the ball at the back, we just kept passing it backwards. And at one point, I can remember Mandanda passing it out, defender passed it back to Mandanda, Mandanda passing it to the other centre half, he passes it back to Mandanda. And it was just going like this. And it was like, it was really stressful to watch because you were waiting for one of those back passes to to um, lead to a mistake. Uh, and because Man City, you know, they press quite intensively as well. We just looked terrified. Like, we didn't know how to path, push the ball forward. We were scared to push the ball forward in case we get caught out. Um, or, you know, we can't pick out the right pass. It just, it, it was really, really poor. Um, and, yeah, I think the second half, like, I, I think you, we showed a bit more intense. So I don't think it was it was quite as bad. And I think, for me personally, like, when the... The second goal went, and you know, then it was just completely finished. I'm not saying that we were going to score um, at all or anything, but I just felt that like our heads were a little bit higher for for at least for the sort of opening the first half of the second half. I felt like, yeah, no, um, I think if, judging judging from what's been said so far, I think that's a bit you know positive or, or rather a bit more measured in in uh, looking back at what happened yesterday. Um, Personally, I'm I'm a bit more um, negative um, in in how sort of the match transpired. Um, I think first of all, you can't really blame the players too much because a it's quite clear there's a golfing class between OL and Man City, um, and secondly, despite their individual profiles, um, which may have not corresponded to the best shape in order to maximise their their pros. Um, as evidenced by by Torvan saying after the game, um, you know when you're when you're being asked to play sort of thirty meters in front of your goal, um, where even the strikers or the attackers are playing thirty meters in front of your own goal, how do you expect to make the other seventy meters um, sort of advance? Where are you going to get that from? Um, you know, it's it's the shape that I had the most issues with. Um, in the end, the final result, if you look at uh, on a piece of paper, isn't isn't that surprising? Um, not just because of how um, the match, you know, transpired, but just to see, you know, the difference in class. Man City were, you know, have have a better squad on paper, even with their injuries uh, in the issues. And obviously, Pep Guardiola, you know, they they looked a class apart yesterday, absolutely completely, um, and and were good value for their for their victory. I am just, you know, amazed that we were lined up in the shape that we did. Um, and that's not to say, of course, you know, imagine if we did our typical 4-3-3 four, four, three, three or 4 one that this game could have finished 5-0 or 6-0. You know, we, we would never have known, but I don't think the players were that. Um, you know, first of all, we've, we've never played with, with three or five defenders for a very long time. Um, I can't remember if, if you know the last game in which we did that, essentially, I can't remember if we did that against Leipzig in the Europa League a couple of seasons ago. But essentially, it's it's not been done, and I feel that AVB has made obviously a big um, push on this four-three-three formation, um, having changed it from four-two-three-one after the first couple of games last season. And so clearly, this has been a, a change that's been um, actioned 
not that long ago, you know, possibly in a couple of days, possibly just after uh, Lorient. Um, and the players didn't look comfortable at it whatsoever. That's why the first couple of minutes just looked as chaotic as it did. Um, and Man City were just awesome, you know, like AVB, like Jeremy said, um, looking to exploit teams, um, look, sorry, looking to exploit Man City in the way, same way some teams have done very recently. Um, you're always going to face a Man City that's pretty wounded and is going to make a statement um, because of what's been going on. Because, you know, in the English press, they've been like, they haven't looked good, etc. The Champions League is a bit of a solace. And they've, they did come back to beat a decent Porto side last week. Um, so the players just looked absolutely awful. And I thought Jermaine Genus was a co-commentator in, in, during the game in, in England yesterday. He said that, you know, from my experience, if you're being asked to play absolutely ultra-defensive, and you're not comfortable with it, essentially you're just going to get really fatigued because you have to be on the lookout every single moment. You know, you're just, you just have that siege mentality. And eventually you're going to crack, you're going to make a mistake, and that's when they'll get you. And we all knew before Rongier's goal that that was coming, that there's no way we're going to absorb like that. You know, And if you look at Man City's recent results, um, like West Ham, I thought, played in the same way uh, as as we did um, for large parts of Saturday's game. But that came in the second half when they already had a lead and had something to protect and eventually a point to protect. Um, and even then, they still had a couple of chances. I mean, had it not been for, for Yarmolenko, it was really, really poor for them. They, they did really take the game to Man City, even with their backs to the wall. And, and then you've got teams like Leeds and Leicester who, you know, were rewarded by just being fearless. Um, so in the Champions League, personally, the way I saw it, it's, it's, it was a cop-out from AVB because had we drawn, and my biggest issue is the fact that we didn't do anything last week against Olympiacos, had OM come back from Greece with one or three points, then you've, fair enough, then you've got something to protect and you think, you know what, we're just, you know, we're just looking to get as many points as we can. If we lose, we lose, we focus on Porto. But at zero points, and you've really got nothing, you know, You've really got nothing to defend. Um, you're in the Champions League. You're there to show your best foot forward. I just get the feeling that you didn't you didn't fight and struggle last season to to play like that in in Europe. Um, and yes, in the second half, um, it was a bit better. But you're asking a lot of the players who definitely did not look very comfortable whatsoever. I mean, you know, if you look at the average graphics, uh, the average positions, that was very very poor completely ultra-defensive. You know, Rodonjic was, you know, fair enough trying to, you know, chase the balls down, but you, the attack had had nothing to do. I mean, you know, it, it was it was very poor and it was indicative of trying to break down like Metz and Lorient and obviously our performance in PSG and Lyon, which did herald four points, but we weren't showing our attackive, attacking sort of creativity and were absolutely blown off the park by well-drilled, well-oiled machine that understood the tactical instructions, that that knew what to do, and were very communicative. Like I, I had a lot uh, of communication from Man City. I mean, like I said, the audio was always crystal clear for large parts of the game, and I heard far more from City than I heard from 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 OM players, and they were just, you know, very very good. You know, huge credit to their win. So, like I said, it's. It's a massive disappointment, not for the result for themselves and not the players' performances because they're working in a system that, you know, the coach has imagined that will, you know, 
be the best way to sort of get through them. I would have liked to have seen us play our game. And had we lost 2-1 or 3-1 or 3-0, whatever it was, obviously not a thrashing because, of, you know, if we lost 5-0, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be like, why didn't we close the door? Um, fair enough. But <laughs> had, had we played our game, we'd know what would have worked. And against opponents closer to our level, we would see now this, you know, we've been playing quite poorly and we've got no nothing to show for it. And obviously the game is cancelled on Friday, so we can't try out Valeshama. We can't try out Luis Enrique. We can't give Radonic more game time to be comfortable. So what happens at Porto next next week? You know, nobody well, I knows. Think, I, think, I think exacerbating um, what, what you're saying, though, is AVB's response to the press conference afterwards that was... It was basically, oh, well, you know, you spent a billion, they've got Guardiola, you've got Marseille with, with, you know, no budget and AVB, and this is what you get, you know, and that's it. And it's just very nonchalant and brushing it off, similarly to what he did after the PSG defeat last year and before the game where he didn't build it up. But it's just very, it's becoming really fucking frustrating. Yeah, I think it's his communication style, though. He's trying to get all the blame on him. And, and like protect everyone else by doing that, kind of like what Olas does in Lyon. Uh, but, but coming back to what you say, Mo, and, and I, you know, I was, I was obviously um, sort of trying to defend how AVB went into the tactic, uh, but I do believe that he, that he got it wrong. Uh, I do believe that if you play the 4-3-3, Manchester City in good form will probably kill you because they'll be able to easily find the in-between, especially between our full-backs and our centre-backs. Uh, but if you're going to play five defender, which, which to be fair, I don't have a big problem with, uh, then to me, having three midfielder is a problem because they're going to figure out quite quickly that they can't go in the middle. And now you have three center back and three center mids. So not only, you, I don't think you're, you're a problem to the other team, you're a problem to yourself because everyone is yeah. five meters apart from each other and there's no way to actually get the ball out. To me, a 5-4-1 could have potentially make sense. A 4-4-2 diamond could also potentially have made sense because then you and you protect the middle. Yeah, and Kamara, Kamara can drop down exactly. defensively. So then you can always be between a five and a, and a four. So I, I think there was better way to, to do it. And I do think that he failed in how he did it. And if you're going to play four, five defender, put Kamara down there because Kamara has the ability to go from one to the other. So then you don't have to stop the game to change the tactic. You can just say, hey, Booba, go up 10 meters. Um, I mean, to, we, to weren't, me. we weren't quite mobile yesterday anyway. So I didn't, I didn't understand why we didn't see Stridman. It, it, didn't, wasn't look, yeah. you know, it didn't look like we were going to run that much. So, you know, why not have him anchoring um, and put, like you said, Booba back behind? My problem is not... You know, like it, it's the formation essentially because I just don't think, and I'm almost 90% sure, 95% sure that the players did not have a lot of time to work in this formation. And judging by the reaction yesterday, it was like, well, what do you expect us to do? You know, that's what we were asked to do. You know, we have to be honest. We're not, we're not there, etc. And if you look at Lyon, who is obviously the benchmark because obviously they've they've done really well mm-hmm. against City recently. How many times over the last 18 months have they played with three or five defenders? Uh, obviously, they have better profile because they have faster wingers, attack-minded wingers, and and they have, you know, the, the profile to, to play that. Yes, it's true. But they've played, like, for example, just before the final eight, entirely in Portugal, they played with 3-5-2 formation, almost mm-hmm. entirely. And then they, they trained for that in the Coupe de la Ligue final 
playing that formation they were going to take to Portugal with. They played against Saint-Étienne, against Metz, um, you know, with three in the Champions League the year before against Hoffenheim and City, against Leipzig. They they played with three, changing between three and five, either 5-4-1 or 3-5-2. You know, that's, they, they have a plan B uh, or a plan C or whatever it might be. For us, it, because of, you know, maybe it's true. Maybe AVB is just absolutely clear. Maybe he's looked at the team and said, we don't stand a chance. Like, we're just going to have to hit and hope. Maybe he did. And if it's if that's if that is what it is, then he should come out and say it. But, like, yesterday, deflecting, saying, well, if you had money, you'd have Guardiola. You're stuck with me. You're stuck with the poor version. Oh, well. You know, that's yeah, pretty terrible. End, if, if, if you can't, might as well just play, play your game. Yeah, you're right. You're all right that the tactics were wrong in the night, but it's not. It wouldn't have made any difference whether we played a four three three or a four five one or anything. Man City would have beat us probably at least three nothing, whatever formation we were, we would have played because they're a, one. They're a much better team than us. They have much better quality, but it's not just because of that. It's it's not just about the quality yeah. of the players and the team. It's it's and you touched upon this more. It's about mentality. We don't have that mentality. We go into those games, and this has been a problem for years, is we don't have that kind of winning mentality, that confidence to go into games against top quality. When we've never played an, uh, 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 an opponent like that, you, you know that we're going to freeze, and we knew that was going to be the case. And the, f- the fact that we lost the game to Olympiakos as well meant that we were going into this game knowing that we'd already lost the one of the games, probably the game you could argue, you could say arguably in the Champions League draw that we needed to try and pick up some points and that we could pick up some points and we 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 lost that. So we we start the competition off losing the the, the one game that we we kind of feel that we, we should, if we're going to get anything oh, we have to pick to up be, points. Yeah. No, so we know right away from that that actually this is going to be a tough fucking group for us and we're going to be lucky if we can get away without getting a thump in every game. Uh, so I think that they went into this game with with their heads down regardless of the defeat to Lorient because it's a different tournament, different competition, um, knowing that they were out of their depth. And this isn't just about mentality of the players. This is, you know, it's, collect- it's a collective mentality in the team, right? Because yeah. sport, uh, and we don't talk about this enough in football, but we, if you look at other sports like boxing, for example, there's a, a lot of focus and attention in the analysis of the sport goes in towards looking at the mentality of, of, of the athletes and how that impacts their performance. Um, but in football, we forget about this a lot. We, we constantly talk about tactics and, and the quality of players. And we're neglecting the, the, the key thing here, really, is it's about mentality. And players, teams, sorry, who have clearly weaker squads can go into games and get good results. Um, and, and, and and that isn't always just down to tactics. A lot of that's down to the spirit um, that, 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 that players, as a, you know, the collective can show. Um, so I feel that that was probably the the the, ma- the major hurdle that and why we were doomed right from the start was it was this sort of mental problem. And I, I think that some of the players, when you look at you know you talk about them, a lot of them you know on paper they're they're, yeah. they're good players, but they're not world class. But if you there's quite a few of them you could pick out if they were in that Man City team. They would have been they would have been hammering us if Tovan was playing in the right wing for, for whatever for Man City. You guarantee he would have been ripping us apart if Amavi was playing at left back. The same. So there, there are players if they're in the the right 
you know, we've got players that if they're in the right setting, the right group, with a winning, you know, a winning mentality, and, and they've got that confidence that they that they they, they breed off each other. Then, yeah, so exactly, and we see so many players that leave us, Campos and so on, that well, go Lu- and they Lucas flourish elsewhere because a they're great, in a better environment example, that allows them to play with confidence. Um, so yeah, I think that we were. That for me, that's a key factor here, and I, I think that is, is you know, we, we can cry about AVB's tactics, and it's been leading up to this for weeks and weeks. People have been complaining about him not switching yeah. things, and then when he switches things, we're complaining because he's done it too suddenly, or he's done something he's not tried before. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, AVB's not perfect. I'm, I'm not getting so riled up with him as everyone else is. Yeah, there's 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 a balance to be found. I think. Um, a lot of the frustration from yesterday isn't just about yesterday. It comes from that game in Olympiakos, that game in Greece last week. Because, like you know, had, if you had something on the board, you could write this game off. Just be like, show a good face, get it done with. Obviously, you're playing the second best team in England. Enjoy yourselves, and we'll focus on getting the, as many points as we can against Porto and Olympiakos. You know, bonus would be obviously a draw whatever but like you know it is it is what it is City were very good we didn't win luckily they weren't you know we didn't hand it to them on the plate or something like that they were just very very good value and I think Kevin De Bruyne in particular had his best game of the season so far and he's 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 absolutely incredible one of the best players in the world so it's the particular result is nothing to be ashamed of but how we approach it like I said the mentality is what it is um and it just stems from from last week. Just that game was poorly, poorly um, approached. Um, but you know, we can go on all night about that. You know, it's just I just hope that these players understand that you can get up a level as long as you have that, like you said, the mental capacity, the determination, the will. Because last night we saw a lot of great teams picked up, you know, fantastic results. Gladbach should have been Real Madrid. And Marcus Turam, a player we've been long linked with, um, you know, having a great game there. You have Shakhtar Donetsk in that particular group also doing pretty well. You have a Michelin who, who, who I thought were played pretty okay against Liverpool. Um, only 2-0 defeat there. Um, you know, you have a lot of teams that regularly go far beyond. We are, we are classed as the 49th best team in, in Europe over the last five years, according to the UEFA coefficients. That's not, you know that's quite embarrassing for a club of OM size, and it's it just comes from. At the end of the day, clubs get further and they negotiate the Champions League. They don't lose eleven in the, in a row, etc. Because they have that will, they take to it pretty pretty well. They you know they they soak up the anticipation. They just give that extra 20 percent that you don't see in league games. You know, like if if we end up not qualifying for the Champions League. Um, for another like, three or four years, which is entirely possible. Looking back on this one campaign, if it goes the way it's gone so far and continues, it, it, I, for me, it'd just be like, well, what's the point? We deserve everything, to be honest. Because, it does look like, like they don't learn. It does look like there are so many missed opportunities because, like you said, we are already on that really bad run of of lost games. And then last week, when we were supposed to get the results, we don't. And that's where I agree with you on the on the mind mentality and, and with you as well, Stefan, on the psychology part of it is the a game yesterday against Manchester City, if you have somebody who actually cares about the, psych, the psychological 
mental state of, of our team. Uh, and I, and that, that's where also I blame a little bit AVB because he did that well last year, looking after the group and being a player's manager and, and put, put that confidence into every player. He did that really good when he came in Marseille. I feel like a game like yesterday was, it's okay to lose 3-0 if, if they, they fear that they were going to concede five or six goals and then they were burdened us and they trashed us because then you can bring that boost of confidence that you made Manchester City fear to consider goal. You can bring that to Porto and Porto is going to, you know, receive you being like, oh, this is the kind of team that can actually create problems. And then Marseille has this mentality of we can create problems. So then the team actually moves forward. I feel like we just don't, we don't move forward at all. We don't, we don't seem, it doesn't seem that AVB is telling those guys you guys can get results there. He's just he's just telling them we tried something. I don't know if it's if it's tried, but anyway, Olympiacos we lose at the very last minute. The next game, there's nothing we can do against Manchester City, guys. You need to know that. So let's all play behind. And and again, I agree with the first half of that. The second half I thought was was pretty bad because that's where you're supposed to go. It doesn't matter if you lose one zero or twelve zero. A loss is a loss. You you if you lose twelve zero but you have fifteen opportunity to score, I'd, I'd rather that. Because at least you're showing, you're showing something, and and if you have to look after the defense after, you can do it. But I, I just think, to to go with what you guys are saying, psychologically, there's no progress, there's no uh, belief putting to that squad, uh, and I don't see how you can go to Porto. The only luck that you can have is they're going to play at home, so they want to have a result. So maybe you can try and go and get a result and surprise them. But I don't see AVB willing to surprise them. I feel like a game like yesterday could have gone the other way around. You could have started with uh, your usual 4-3-3 and actually put high pressure on them and after 20 minutes, locking it down and try and, and mix and match because he, he only had one stance. Um, and and I, I do think that psychologically, yeah, to go back to you guys' point, we are not progressing and maybe AVB wasn't there then, but we are on that horrible strike of losses and some players were there then. Like a guy like Mandanda should be telling... AVB even on, on a meeting or whatever, you need to stop doing this because we are just crumbling, crumbling, crumbling. And now you're going to go into the next game fearing that you're going to be the worst Champions League record in history. And the next game is going to be the same. Instead of going into a game thinking, who cares if it's Man City or Porto or whoever else, we can actually do something. And, and to go back to what Mo was saying with example of team, if you look at what Salzburg did uh, yesterday, they were one one on nil in uh, in Atletico Madrid, and then they scored twice, and then they lose the game, sure. But at least they showed that there could be a problem. Um, Marseille is never showing that there can be a problem in the last few uh, Champions League campaigns. Uh, and I, I think that, that might be the the downfall of of AVB if he keeps going that way because the day the the fans are going to go back in the into the stadium they're going to ask for him to go if he can't fix that. I wanted to go through the possessions but I don't think we're going to have time so we'll just because we're actually already pretty much over time um, we, and I wanted to also sort of pick out your sort of tops and flops. Um, I again I don't think we're going to have time to go into this in much detail. I mean maybe if you can all just sort of make briefly mention sort of one player that you're either pleased with or disappointed with um i mean if if i go first i would just say that i well for a start i don't think kamara was as bad as you guys were all making i thought he showed a lot of nice things in that game but um I, you could clearly see he was a quality player but the player that i'm 
and he's not. I'm not saying he's the worst player on the pitch, but there's a player that I I think I, for me, I'm going to pick out, um, and because I'm just not seeing what everyone else is seeing, and that's Cuisance. I think he showed some really nice stuff in his first game, but I thought in his first game I was like, I don't really, I don't think his performance warranted the reaction that everyone was getting from it. Um, and I think from what I've watched of him, he looks like a player that's got some technical qualities, but he's like a million miles away from the finished article. I personally don't think that the level that he's at right now is good enough for what we need to be at. And I'm not saying he's not going to become that because he could become the best player on the midfield easily, but um, I'm just, I'm not seeing what everyone else is seeing. Um, and I actually think, you know, you've made comparisons and stuff with like Gourcuff and stuff. I don't think he's quite, um, has, has quite the same sort of um, grace, should I say, um, and he's uh, the same sort of finesse. I think he's got some finesse, but I think he's quite clunky and ri- and looks a bit rigid sometimes. Um, I don't think he I think he tries to play in a, a particular way, but I'm not sure he's got the the natural flair in this in the you know in the same capacity of a true number ten to play a number ten role. I don't see him in that that place. To be honest, I see him deeper personally. Um, so yeah, for me, me he's a player that I'm I would just pick out and say. Actually, I'm 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 not feeling it as much as everyone else. I don't know if anyone else has got anything else, anyone else that they could pick out for from the game, um, quickly. I have to say, I'm um, I'm disappointed you didn't single out Bruno Sarr for criticism. Bradoni is my the one that I complain <laughs> no, about now. So. <laughs> I think I, I actually thought Rodonic played better than Tuvan. He was actually um, he was actually yeah, much a better one. Yeah, I think um, Amavi for me again was the only one who who looked like he he held his own and uh, didn't make any costly mistakes, apart from maybe the um, the third goal where he he got got overlaps on his wing. But yeah, again you look at the worst performers and there's just so many. I mean, there's there's no point. Um, yeah, it's it's just a poor performance from the team and, and poor tactical choice and poor approach to the game and it's, this is the result. It, um, anyone else, any tops or flops that you want to mention? I think Kamara did play well. I, I didn't mean to be bad to him. I think he was probably one of the better uh, players on the pitch and I think in my mind, Marseille, all those players, if they want to think individualistically, they need to show themselves in those Champions League games if they want to go to a a better club, and I think Kamara is the only one who actually done that. He's shown a lot of um, a lot of ease ball to fit because he didn't lose that many ball. Uh, and defensively, uh, I think he was good. I just think he wasn't too cramped. And as far as the flops, uh, I, I think that was a lot. I guess I'll single out Tovin because we know how good he could be if he's in top form. But then again, you're in the middle of six defenders every time you get the ball. So so maybe it's not easy. I was maybe a little bit disappointed with um, Alvaro in the defense, just on the next, the, the second and third goal, uh, just because both times you you got three defenders and both times the player can be between you and the keeper on a four-meter uh, space. I thought um, I thought wasn't great. Uh, but yeah, there was not, not a lot, not a good, not a lot of good stuff. Uh, but I thought camera was all right. Uh, and more, what about you? Any um, thoughts or flops? Um, for me, for me, it's Ronge here. Um, even though I thought he had a not bad second half, um, and I thought that sort of line on midfield did did relatively okay, um, as as we sort of settled in. But obviously, the mistake is a very clear element. But also, I'm I'm feeling a bit sort of. Um, 
disappointed by him or decepted by him because um you know he's 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 come off previously like you know at Nantes he was a very offensive midfielder um you know not scoring the most amount of goals but still pretty creative and still even even not in in the goals or assists routinely he was someone that was um sort of um leading their attacking transitions um and now, as, as as Ben said earlier on, you know the midfield is quite flat. He's he's on the same line as the other midfielders, and and not really getting into the problem areas and really hurting the the opposition. So it's it's like what what's your role in the team anyway? Even though like he's had a couple of really decent defensive performances, but that's contributing to why we've been so poor. Okay. Um. So just lastly, then, just wanted to quickly get your takeaway, like one takeaway. So. Um, from from last night's match, who Ben? Do you want to go first? Is there anything, any sort of takeaway you have from the game? Any conclusion? Uh, yes, sadly, there is a fucking gulf between us and um, where where probably a lot of Marseille fans think we are in terms of our competitiveness in Europe, and also just in terms of mentality and the way players and, and us and our coach prepares for these types of games um it's just we're, we're not going to improve the only way we're going to improve is by playing this competition consistently that's the way Lyon got got so good at it but we're not even sure we're going to qualify again based on our performances so far this season so it, it just feels like we're at a turning point this, this is the crucial season for the McCourt's Iro um, leadership of the club, and right now we're not on we're not on a good path. Okay, um, Jeremy, what about you? Any takeaways from the game? Ah, uh, yeah, I think it was probably uh, AVB sort of confessing that he doesn't think his team is good enough to play against the likes of Man City, and so that means that you're going into the Champions League to maybe get the round of 16, but you have no hope to go any further. Uh, that was a bit disappointing for me. And, and you know, I hope that something's going to change in that mentality, uh, especially when we're going to play in Porto. And the five last time we played Porto, they won four and we could only get a draw at home. So it doesn't look good before that game. Mo, what about you? Yeah, um, a bit deflated, I think, by, by, by that performance, only because, you know, if you're, if you're in it, you might as well play like you're in it. Um, and I guess, like Ben said, it really just sort of puts down just how far we still have to go and how far we're away from from being in that sort of bracket with your, you know, 20 to 30, top 20 to 30 European teams. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we are well, mostly, for, you know, from this country and we, you know, rave seeing OM in this country um, and we just didn't give a good image of ourselves particularly you know if you if you do speak about your team to all your friends and and etc you it's finally given pride of place against english opposition on the main sort of tv channel you're just like is that it you know it's (laughs) that for me i just found that pretty acutely um and we just didn't give at all from from avb to 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 the strikers etc we we didn't give a good image of ourselves so for that it's it's a chance missed you know like you're in you're in the competition you you long for these moments we've longed very very you know very much it's been a long wait for that um you know for the anthem for etc obviously these are different times but 
you don't want to see that essentially um but in the end you know we've got to learn um whatever happens tuesday happens but we can still do it i mean like personally four points for the next two games really puts you right back into it because Man City I'll come, to do. going to come to the portal game yeah. just next so sorry um, no worries if you don't mind um so yeah so i suppose i'll just say mine mine was um that i think that we need to concentrate on the league the champions league we're not going to i know the whole reason why you want to do good in the league is to get there but we are not good enough, right? So we're going to come last, right? We have I've accepted that after the Olympiacos game. We're definitely going to come last. I I'll be very amazed if we don't come last. Um, I'll be, to be honest, I, I suspect we might come away with no points, actually. Um, again, whatever. I can deal with it, right? We need to concentrate on the league. And to be honest, I don't think we're going to finish in the top three because I think there's more than three teams that are better than us in France. I think Lyon are better than us. Rennes are better than us. I think Lille are probably better than us. And Paris Saint-Germain are certainly better than us. And Monaco, you know, they're a bit hot and cold, but they've got a lot of young talent and they could become better than us. So I think concentrate on the league as much as we can and do our best to get in the top three. And And the goal really should be try and get in the top three every year so that we can get in the Champions League. And then eventually, when we build up that experience of being in the competition, maybe we'll end up one day being able to have a good run, like, say, Leon have had, but we're just not there yet. So we just need to keep getting in there and, and keep getting that sort of experience, even if it is a battering from Man City. So that was my takeaway. So, yeah, just before we finish up then, we've got Porto on Tuesday because the, the Lens game is, is cancelled, as we said, because of the um, COVID breakout in, in, the, in the Lens squad. So, I don't know, guys, just quick, quickly, again, I guess, what do you think we... What's going to happen against Porto? What are your predictions for that match? Yeah, um, but go ahead, Ben. So you might as well go more because you were already... Okay, yeah. yeah. No, I was just going to quickly mind. say, Go ahead. finish that finish that train of thought that I had. I mean, it's possible. It's you know, like I said, if if things go the way they should, and City do the job against Olympiacos, these are double headers now. You can get four points, and that puts you right back, and not just into like Europa qualification, but but Champions. I know it's a bit of a pipe dream now. I know it's it is what it is, but you know, like Porto is a team on eleven. I've been speaking to a couple of Portuguese fans. And they've said that Porto is really not all that this year. Um, they, you know, they're they're not they're not as as potent as they used to be. So why not? You know, why not? Four points of the next two games really puts you right back. And if anything, just stops this awful record that's now hanging over us. I mean, I know you said that we might finish last year. You probably like don't care as long as we finish focus on the league. But there's, I think there's a lot of ramifications for that. So fingers crossed. Different face. Four week of prep. Right, let's go and actually play. What score? What, what's uh, your... 1 1. Okay, good. Um, Jeremy, what about you? I'm, I'm going to be overly optimistic and, uh, and say that we can go there and, and get a 2 1 win. Uh, I agree with what Mo just said. Uh, those next two games can definitely be um, great for Marseille because if you do get four points, then you're right there with, 
Porto and then you can, you know, hopefully win home against Olympiacos and now you're in the mix again to get qualified. Um, I, I don't know. Again, I am I am a very, very hopeful and I love my team so much that I hope that during the week they're all going to look at each other and say that they've been really bad and it's time to actually step up the game and they're going to do it. Uh, over there in Portugal, and then we are going to be there next week, loving on them. And it was great to have a week break and da 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 da. da. So uh, I'll be the optimistic one, and I'll go two one for Marseille. Okay, uh, Ben, what about you? <laughs> um, I'm I'm halfway between both the guys. <laughs> Porto, I, I remember the Drogba campaign, and I remember um, times before that. They we we just can't seem to beat this team for the life of us. So uh, similar to Atletico Madrid, we we just th- there is just something where they seem to suss us out. On the flip side, th- this is a positive as much as it is a negative. If we win, you can praise him for it. If we lose, I will batter the shit out of him. AVB has got no excuse. He knows that club and that team inside out. He 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 sh- he must have a game plan. He must have thought when the draw happens, I know exactly how I'm going to play these boys. If if he puts something together and we win, then he will restore some, some faith and belief in him. If we don't, people are going to come down really hard on him, and deservedly so, because he he just doesn't have any excuses. He can't hide this time. Okay, thanks. I'm kind of swaying closer to Ben's sort of prediction. Um, I think that... Did you give a score, Ben, actually? No, I didn't. I um, I think we'll lose one nil there, but we will we will do better at home. But um, the score will depend on what happens between now and then at home in two weeks. Yeah. So I, I I'm kind of closer to you. I think that as you said, I think Porto is a team that we can't beat. That I think even the, this they're technically superior to us, and they even even though they're not the 2004 team, they're not the 2011 team, um, but they're still a better team technically than us now. I know that a lot of their players, I would say, are not as good as some of our players, but I think that just watch the way they play, and I don't rate this Porto team from what I've seen them as them as much as previous years, as, as, as Mo said, but I think that they're still they're on the pitch. I think we'll, we'll struggle against them. And I think, again, going back to the, the fact that we're on a major downer, I think, yeah, well, I can't see us getting... So I'm going to say 2 nothing to Porto. Um, but I've given up in the Champions League so yeah that's that's my uh, miserable end to the podcast um I think we'll end it there so I think we've probably covered as much as we can tonight because um, it's a bit of a long one so yeah I mean the only final thoughts I've got actually before we ended was I mentioned something earlier on about the pol- um, political stuff so I, I did remember what it was it was Celtic they, they got fined, didn't they? Because their fans were flying uh, free Palestine banners, or was it? No, they were flying. No, not it wasn't. They were flying Palestine flags, and that was deemed against the Israel um, Israeli team. That was deemed as political, and so they got um, disciplined for that. Um, so yeah, I was. I, I don't know how it sort of works with other things, but I just I, I was under the impression that anything political you could get punished. In in UEFA competition, so I don't know. But yeah, city city don't get punished by UEFA. It's a well-known fact. So <laughs> by no means I'm saying that this is a that's what should be happening. But I'm just I'm just wondering. But maybe something to research um, after this and um, see if that is the case. But anyway, um, the 
so yeah, anyway, thanks very much, guys, for taking part. Um, hopefully you feel better after the collective moan. It does feel like a funeral, doesn't it? It feels like we've given a eulogy. Was that worth getting up at 7 o'clock, Jeremy? It was worth getting up at 7 <laughs> o'clock. I, I hear my... Uh, I am my kid in the other room waking up as well, so I think it's uh, <laughs> it is time to to, to wrap up. But uh, yeah, the last thing I'd say is yesterday Olympiacos did dominate in Porto, 34 crosses, 60% position almost. So we have a chance next week. Thanks for having okay. me today. <laughs> I think a good way to end it there. All right, um, thanks very much, guys, and uh, see you next time. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, guys.